Good evening. Again, we need to uh, give thanks to our Father and our God in heaven for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. Uh, I believe we need to be mindful of the fact that every day, uh, in spite of what that particular day may bring, is God's gift to us. And what we do with the day indicates whether or not we are grateful uh, to God for his blessings. Uh, let us always remember that days are precious commodities that come to us in unknown but limited quantities. Uh, many have realized that it's wise to make the most of today uh, because tomorrow is not uh, guaranteed to us. Uh, one of the great things uh, that can be done in any particular day is to assemble together in the Lord's name to offer up praises to the one who is worthy to be praised. Uh, the psalmist declares in Psalm 117, O praise the Lord, all ye nations, praise him, all ye people, for his merciful kindness is great toward us, and the truth of the Lord endureth forever. Praise ye the Lord. God is just worthy to be praised, and when we look at what he has done, what he is doing, and think about all that he can do, uh, then certainly praise is the order of the day, and for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. Uh, I want to say a word, uh, and, and I don't consider myself versed in the science of music uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Brother Mickey, that might be your first time leading songs here at Laurel, but I would venture that's not the first time you've led songs uh, in your lifetime. Uh, may I say job well done. Uh, amen and hallelujah. Uh, Brother Mickey, one of those uh, song leaders that take one of the preacher's excuses away. Uh, you know, sometimes folk go to sleep on you say, well, the song leader put them to sleep. You know, they were sleepy when I got up and I just finished them off. Uh, but Brother Mickey has you wide-eyed and ready to go, so uh, I can't use that excuse this evening. We want to direct your attention again to the text that was read into our hearing, uh, Acts chapter 8. There's something about just uh, hearing the word of God uh, read. There, there, there's no word like the word of God. And uh, I've been looking at the text all week, but as Brother Wilkins read it, I... And that's a very profound uh, things that we read there uh, in Acts chapter 8. Uh, we want to read again there in Acts 8, verse 26 and verse 29. Acts 8, verse 26. And the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise, and go toward the south, unto the way which goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And again in verse 29, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Based on what is recorded for us by Luke here in Acts chapter 8, we want to use this evening as a subject, Don't Miss Your Opportunity. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in Acts chapter 8, I believe that every one of us can think of at least one opportunity that we've missed in our lifetime. Uh, perhaps it was an opportunity to make money or save money. Uh, maybe it was a chance to meet someone or to go somewhere or do something that you hadn't done before. 
If you can think of a missed opportunity, I, I believe that with many of us, the opportunities that we've missed were sometimes due to our own failure or unwillingness to take advantage of the opportunity when we were presented with the chance to do so. If you pay attention when you read the Bible, the Bible is a book full of missed opportunities. Many of the Israelites missed out on entering the promised land because of their unbelief. The rich young ruler missed out on the gift of eternal life because he loved his possessions rather than God. King Agrippa missed out on receiving all spiritual blessings that are in Christ because he was only almost persuaded to become a Christian. And I don't doubt that even those of us who were God's children, saved by grace, have missed opportunities in our living. And, and, and I'm a firm believer that one of the worst things to live with in life uh, is regret. To long for the opportunity to do something over again while realizing that that opportunity may never present itself again uh, in your lifetime. You know, some opportunities only come around once. You know, you only get to go through life once. You only get to be young once. Uh, 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 there are some things that if we let them get away, get away from us, uh, you don't get them back. Uh, time that you let go by, uh, that's a missed opportunity. You don't get that time back again. When we look at Acts chapter 8, the text doesn't deal with missed opportunity. It deals with a man named Philip who took advantage of the opportunity presented to him by God. And inasmuch as Philip didn't miss his opportunity, I think it wise then to learn from his example and embrace in our living the things that caused him to uh, uh, see the opportunity that God put before him. When we look there uh, again in Acts chapter 8 in verse number 26, and the angel of the Lord spake unto Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south unto the way that goeth down from Jerusalem unto Gaza, which is desert. And then notice how verse 27 reads, And he arose and went. And then in verse 29, Then the Spirit said unto Philip, Go near and join thyself to this chariot. Verse 30 says, and Philip ran thither to him. The first thing that I observe about Philip that uh, uh, was instrumental in his not missing his opportunity is Philip didn't question God. You know, I think sometimes we may miss opportunity because we question God. And notice that the angel didn't tell Philip where he was going, nor did he give him details about who was in the chariot. See, some of us would have missed the opportunity because we would have had all kinds of questions about what God told us to do. Why go that way as opposed to this way? Well, who's in the chariot and how's he going to treat me? And he doesn't look like he wants to hear the God. We just would have had all kinds of questions and objections about what God said. Philip simply did as the Lord commanded. And it strikes me in verse 29 uh, when he was told to go near and join himself to the chariot, that verse 30 says, and Philip ran thither to him. Uh, and Philip was determined to do what God said. And there are two things to be observed from Philip's willingness to obey. Number one, God doesn't, always, God doesn't tell us everything we want to know. 
And you know, sometimes we just nosy. He may not tell us everything we want to know, but he does tell us everything we need to know. See, sometimes we want to know God's business, and we have trouble handling our own business. Consider what God told Noah and what God didn't tell Noah. You know, God told Noah, make you an ark of gopher wood. Now, he didn't give Noah a, a, a whole lot of details about how much wood that would require, uh, how many man hours were necessary to complete that kind of work. He told Noah what he needed to know, and Noah simply obeyed what God told him. And then the second thing there, God tells us what we need to know when we need to know it. Have you ever noticed that God revealed salvation in a progressive manner? When we messed up uh, in the Garden of Eden, God didn't tell us right then everything that was involved in, in redeeming us. He revealed it progressively. He told us what we needed to know when we needed to know it. Have you ever noticed that we learn th uh, spiritual things in a progressive manner? I why is that? Well, if you're having trouble with the milk, boy, the meat sure enough going to give you some problems. You know, if I'm struggling with just being kind to my neighbor, then the idea of living sacrificially is going to knock me for a loop altogether. God reveals to us what we need to know when we need to know it. Uh, you know, if you flunk in first grade, then what goes on in second grade is kind of irrelevant. Until I can get over this hump, there's really no need in worrying about the next one. Philip realized that if God said go south, all he needed to be concerned about is which direction south was. And he didn't question God. But then the second thing to be observed, again from those same verses, is that Philip obeyed the Lord's commands. And, and notice, he didn't just go to the chariot, he ran to the chariot. You know, sometimes we know what God wants us to do, but we'll just poke around, hoping that somehow we miss out on, on having to do what he said. You know, God says, if you have a problem with your brother or sister, go to them. Now, now if I don't really want to go to you, I'm going to spend my time hobnobbing with everybody else that showed up that day and, and finally try to work my way around to you, hoping you leave before I can get to you. And, and then my rationale is going to be they left before I could get to them. Philip ran to join himself uh, 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 to the chariot. Didn't Lot's wife through her disobedience, miss her opportunity to be saved from the wrath that God visited on Sodom and Gomorrah. And God said, look, don't look back. And sometimes it's like the very thing God tells us not to do is the thing that we are drawn to do. When God told Philip where to go, he went. When he told him who to go speak to, he went and did that as well. I just believe that we're going to take advantage of the opportunities that God sends our way. We just need to be obedient to what God says. You know, when God says love your enemies, ain't no need in trying to give God some background on your enemies. What is it about your enemies that God doesn't already know? What you're going to tell God, yeah, you know, we tell people sometimes you don't know him like I know him. How are you going to say that to God and there be any truth to it whatsoever? Jesus said, God knows us so well that the hairs of our head are numbered. There's never anything you could tell God about somebody or something you know about somebody that God doesn't already know. And then the third consideration from the text there 
uh, in Acts chapter 8. When I look at Philip, Philip didn't believe that it had to be big to be God. You know, sometime with opportunity, we kind of like Naaman the Syrian. You remember old Naaman, 2 Kings chapter 5? Remember the Bible lays out his credentials, but then it says concerning Naaman, but Naaman was a leper. It like Naaman would be one of the greats of the great, but he was a leper. And you remember he was told that there was a prophet in Israel that, that could heal leprosy. Now that's somewhat accurate. It wasn't so much the prophet as it was the one for, that, that the prophet served. But, but Naaman goes down, and you remember Elijah doesn't even come out to him. He sends out a servant. He says, go dip seven times in the Jordan, and, and you'll be cured of your leprosy. And remember, Naaman, Naaman was just, he was just outraged at that. Don't you know who I am? You don't just send a messenger out to me telling me to go dip in the old dirty Jordan. Look, I came all the way down here to see you. The least you could do is dignify me by coming out and talking to me yourself. And you remember what, it's, uh, 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 what, what they said to Naaman? If he had told you to do some great thing, you would have done it. Go dip in the Jordan, Naaman. You're the one that's the leper. Naaman had to accept that it worked on God's terms or it did not work at all. But it doesn't have to be big to be God. You know, God gives us opportunities sometimes. And, and they may not be big in terms of what it is, but you never know if they'll be big in terms of effect. God may give us the opportunity just to say a kind word to somebody, just to speak an encouraging word to somebody. Now, that's not standing up in front of the congregation and delivering a word of exhortation, but that doesn't mean it's not an opportunity to serve. It doesn't have to be big to be God. And we ought to be willing to take advantage of every opportunity that God gives us to serve because serving God in any capacity is a privilege. You know, Jesus took on the form of a servant himself. Now, if God could serve, then who am I to be too big to serve? If Jesus took full advantage of the opportunity to be savior for humanity, then ought we not take full advantage of every opportunity that God gives to us? God calls men by the preaching of the gospel. He gives us opportunities every day to reach out to people with that gospel message. The people we see at work, there's an opportunity to share the good news of Christ Jesus. The folk that we live in the same neighborhood as, there's an opportunity to share the good news of Christ Jesus. The people that we see in Walmart or wherever our travels may carry us, uh, 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 there's a word, uh, uh, there's an opportunity rather to let your light so shine that men may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. And sometimes the opportunity, you know, you don't get uh, uh, the end result right there on the spot. Uh, you may have to plant the seed and leave it for a while and somebody else may come along and water the seed, but it's still always God that gives the increase. But we ought to learn from Philip, as God gives me opportunities to serve, as God gives me opportunities to glorify him, it is a privilege to be used of God after his purpose. God still calls men today through the preaching of the gospel message. 
They need to hear the good news, Romans 10, 17. Believe Jesus to be the Christ, John 8, 24. Repent of sin, Luke 13, 3. Make the confession of faith in Christ Jesus, Matthew 10, verse 32. And then be baptized in water for the remission of sin, Acts 2, verse 38. And what God does is God just creates opportunities out of opportunities. You know, when somebody is baptized into Christ, now is their opportunity to live for Christ. And here's my opportunity to help them be productive as a citizen of God's kingdom. He gives us opportunity upon opportunity. Perhaps you're here this evening, you want to respond to the invitation, or you want the church to pray for you. And if either of these are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation. <laughs>